This is Brian with the Rocket Bomb Podcast. We just listened to the song Fog from Mason Proper. I have John from the band uh, on the phone tonight. Say hi, John. Oh, hey, hey, Brian. I'm Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> cool. Um, so Mason Proper is, uh, is, a, is a band from Michigan um, and will actually be playing here in Indianapolis. Uh, I believe that's next Friday night or is that Thursday night? 
Um, I believe it is Friday night. It says Friday, yeah. December 19th at uh, Locals Only, I believe. I don't know if I should look mm-hmm. that up. Do yeah, if it is at Locals oh, Only. okay, great. Which is a great little bar right around the corner from my house, so I'll be at the show as well as a lot of other people. You guys are playing with uh, Ever Thus the Deadbeats, right? Yes, we are good friends of ours. Cool, yeah. I, uh, I know I know Dan. I, I, get, I buy coffee from him often. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan actually books us. So. Yeah, that's right. We, we, he uh, had mentioned that before. Um, yeah. Who else is playing at that show? Do you know? Um, <laughs> I did know, but I don't remember. I want to say, I think the name is Stereo Deluxe. Yes, that's is one of the bands. Okay, yeah, I don't know if there's anybody else. I think I think that's it. But uh, I'm looking forward to to catching you guys at that. Um, so I don't really know a whole lot about your band. I actually, um, <laughs> it's funny. I actually list. I got a copy of uh, Ollie Oxenfree and gave it a listen, and then kind of like listened to your band in reverse order of uh, mm-hmm. your releases. And uh, one of the things that I quickly notice is that the Ollie Ollie Oxenfree is a great record, but has a a little, little bit of a different sound between from your previous releases. So I was gonna ask you, kind of, it's coming out of the gate. Like, what kind of, uh, for people who haven't heard the band, like, what's your sound like, and what can people expect? And um, I guess if you could talk about influences and, uh, I guess, creative direction, and just tell me about the band. <laughs> sure. Um, well, we, I mean, we we kind of, I would say, crap sort of. Sparse at this point, sort of sparse-sounding, um, darker pop songs, but with sort of a definitely like kind of an experimental aspect to it. And there's a lot of fam- like sampling and electronics. Um, there's like an influence from kind of instrumental hip hop people, um, like DJ Shadow and RJD2 and stuff like that. Um, and I, other than that, I don't really know. I mean, at its core, it's you know it's it's pop music, you know, pop rock music, whatever, but um, definitely with a darker kind of tinge to it. Um, I, I noticed on some of your previous uh, previous tracks, I was watching some of your the your videos, uh, etc., there was a much more, I don't know if abrasive is the right word, but more like rock sound to a lot of your songs. Yeah. Um, is that something that you consciously chose to uh, to kind of steer away from with this record? Um, not really. I wouldn't say that that was a conscious choice. I think that we, um, we all knew we wanted to make sort of a, a darker record and I was putting, and we, we wanted it to have a more consistent tone than our previous work. Cause our previous, we, we were just kind of, we started out and we were just, we just said, we're just going to be a schizophrenic band basically and do whatever we want, whenever we want to and style hop and keep it, you know, really interesting and exciting for ourselves by just, by just doing just kind of, I don't know, testing our limits in all directions at the same time. Um, and with this album, we were more confident. We, we had set, Because we had gone through doing that, um, we were confident enough to kind of choose the direction and say, you know, we're just going to make it exactly what we want it to be um, and see the idea through fully and not feel like we have to, you know, oh, well, if somebody doesn't like this sound or something, well, we'll throw this other sound in here, just, you know, for the people that don't like this sound or something. So th- this was just much more about making us us happy um, and also trying to be a little bit more um, subtractive with the process. So if some, if rather than if, if something wasn't quite working, um, in the old days we would add more things until it started working, and now we uh, 
and with this, with Aliyah and Free, we sort of took the approach of we would just take things out until you know, as soon as as soon as something wasn't working, whatever it was that wasn't working, was just gone. I can tell. I, I, I that that's interesting to hear you say because one of the things that I would say about Aliyah and Free compared to um, some of the previous songs that I've heard from you guys, it's that Aliyah and Free has a very sparse feel to it. Not that there's, but there's a lot going on, like in your songs, a lot of intertwining parts, but they're not, um, it's like all, one of the examples actually from, from the song that we'll listen to, uh, later, Lock and Key, is the guitar part is very, it's a very intelligent guitar part, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it seems very, uh, intentional, where it's placed, as mm-hmm. opposed to, uh, like other bands and other, other songs that, you know, aren't, a lot, a lot of people tend to, like you said, kind of like, let's play as much guitar here as possible to make this sound powerful. But you guys do deliver a lot of power with a very intentional, simple guitar part. Certainly, yeah. We we actually um, made a rule, not not a hard rule that we followed 100% of the time, but a, a rule that whenever possible we would not double-track guitars or double-track anything Um Rather, you know, choosing to just rather let there be one part and have the tone of that one part be a little bit wider and a little bit bigger than it could be if you were trying to cram two in there, you know? Right. So it gets a little bit of its size back, I think, just because of the tones kind of at that point. Right. One of my favorite songs on the record is the song, um, uh, man, I just forgot the name of it. <laughs> um, you must really love it. <laughs> no, I do. I really. I, it's. Um, I, I would have loved to have uh, used it on the show, and I can't. I'm gonna tell you in just a second because I've been putting my list of uh, my 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 best of 2008 list together, and this song is definitely on it. Um, shiny. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite song on the album, actually. Yeah, that's that. Well, it's mine too. <laughs> it's. Um, <laughs> And that song definitely fits that, like, um, like what I was talking before about the guitar part in that song is just awesome. It's very smart in the, uh, um, just the the placement of it and the little the cat the catches here the catches there. And I I tend to a lot of times when I'm describing music, uh, talk a lot about the guitar part just because I I play guitar, so it's where I my first connection I make is there. So yeah, that's definitely one of. Uh, one of the, my favorite tracks in there. What can you, uh, I know you talked a little bit about um, when you're recording the album, kind of, you, you talked a little bit about the background of the band, but um, and you talked a little bit about the influences specifically to uh, to that, to the new record, Ollie Oxenfree, but what would you um, say, I guess, like vocally and stylistically, you, you are the singer for the band, correct? Yes, I am. And, uh, do you uh, only sing, or... Um, I sing and do uh, sampling. Okay. I play a sampler live. Um, and I, I write a lot of the stuff as well. I'm, I would say I'm the primary writer of the band. Cool. One of the things that I, I guess just, it's interesting how in the new record, like there's a big, uh, there's a bit, there's a, there's a lot of bands that you guys sound similar to. But it's across such a wide range that it, it, you guys really have your own sound. Um, but I, I was just going to ask, like, what other, um, I guess, musicians influence you, yours sound as a whole? 
Um, I mean, you know, like, like you said, it's a very wide, wide range of things, and it, it all kind of it, it pulls together. We, we, you know, we listen to pretty much everything. I, I don't want to like. I'm not trying to give you a cop out answer. We listen to like a, a really wide range of stuff between everybody it's in the right. band. I'll, I'll admit that halfway through that question, I realized it was a really terrible question, and I was trying to just get myself out of it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it's okay. I mean, but, but what we what we found though is like that. Just you know, we used to. I think this is the difference between the old music and the new music. Just because we listen to something and love it, um, doesn't doesn't mean that it's you know ele- any elements of it are our strong points kind right. of. And like in the old days, we I would say there was more of like a, a brainiac and like blur sort of influence. Um, and we sort of determined that that wasn't our uh, our strong point, I guess. I mean, we, I think we and we sort of like had our fill of it, and so then we start, started. I mean, like certainly, we, you know, we really like 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 Blonde Redhead and um, TV on the Radio and Spoon and you know the Flaming Lips and all these different you know bands. That I think just execute their their particular thing really well, and I'm sure like elements of it find its way into our thing. But I'm really glad you know. Um, a lot of people have said with this album that you know, well, it does. They can probably like guess some of the things that we like. They don't. It doesn't sound like any of those bands. Mm-hmm. You know, no one would. No one would ever mistake one of our songs. I don't right. think for one of theirs. So, yeah, you guys do a really good job of summing up those influences, and it's it's funny because hearing you kind of call out those the, those influences that you have, it's like, you know, it's a lot of the same bands that I like and it's funny because you guys have created almost by you know on paper my perfect band <laughs> as far as like breadth of influence and it's stuff it's you've managed yeah. to do what I've I guess I've always thought was the impossible which is take a band like Blonde Redhead and a band like Blur and mm-hmm. smash them together and make something that doesn't sound like you don't have your Blur song and your Blonde Redhead song on this record. It's like a really good yeah, mix of music <laughs> across the board. So, um, so what? Uh, one of the things I try to do on the, on the show is talk about the songs that we're featuring, and I've kind of um, haven't got around to that. So the first song we heard was um, was the song Fog. What can you tell uh, tell me tell specifically about that song? Like about the writing that song, and and I guess um, you know maybe writing it and recording it like what's the history there um well that song came about that was i did sort of a marathon writing session for um for this album where i sort of like sequestered myself off and pulled up and wrote as many song options as possible just i think i I I ended up with like 30 that i brought the band and um with that with with fog um i remember that what my approach was was I was just focusing on chords and melody, and I, I wasn't letting myself write any lyrics or even sing any words, and I was making up. I just wanted to make what I thought was a perfect melody and chord, chord progression. And um, so I wrote it with just an or, just organ sound and la-las, basically. And um, I never, I always figured it would end up being completely different instrumentation, but then we liked the demo version when it was done so much with just pretty much organ and vocals that we kept it as close to that as possible um and when we kind of put the final song together i um 
I, I did, like, basically we tried to do as many arrangements of the songs as possible as well, um, kind of independently. Um, and so I did a full arrangement of the song, and our bassist, Zach, did a full arrangement of the song as well on his own. Um, and then we, we, we looked at, we just kind of were like, okay, surprise, and we played them both for each other, and then we, we ended up taking his version of the chorus and my version of the verses. And that ended up being the final arrangement because he had, he came up with a really cool he came up with kind of a really cool beat for the chorus and bass line and stuff and I liked my beat for the the verses. Cool. But it's funny I, I, with that song too. I uh, I think it's it's been um, it used to be the last song like when we first put the, the album order together it was the last song and I'm really glad that we ended up putting it first because it has turned out to be kind of a an unexpected. Um, favorite for a lot of people for some reason so cool that's a um that's a really interesting process i guess that you described um what can you tell us about the the other song that we're featuring is um the song lock and key which um if you know fog is fog is sort of compared you know the two songs was like i feel like fog is less the rocker than lock and key so they're I think they're both a good sample of kind of the breadth of the of the record Oxenfree. What can you tell us about Lock and Key? Um, Lock and Key, I wrote um, for like I, kind of before the marathon session, and it had always been kind of there's there's that song, and there was this other song that I wrote that kind of had the same feel as Lock and Key, and I always knew I always knew like one of them should end up on the record, and I wasn't, but but both of them couldn't because they were too. The groove was too similar, um, and so and I, I remember bringing it to the band, and I was sort of, I was half disappointed that that Lock and Key was the one that got chosen because there's something I really like about the other one that is an unheard song, but it also makes sense. Everyone chose it because it was much more fleshed out and much more finished, kind of. So it was like a safer choice mm-hmm. than the other one because the other one was. I hadn't really gotten into like I hadn't found like a chorus yet or anything. It was just like the groove and the verse, and um, whereas Lock and Key was a, a whole song that played start to start to finish kind of. And uh, I don't really remember much about specifically what inspired that song or anything like that. I just remember it being really excited about it when I when I made it up. But <laughs> I don't know I don't know what else to say about it really. It didn't change much from the demo to the final version other than re-recording it. I took a look at the video for that song, um, which was pretty cool. And uh, one of the qu- other questions I want to ask spe- specifically was about the video, and I guess um, what the inspiration for that was. And uh, for people listening, I'll I'll include and in, embed the the video for Lock and Key on the on the website. Okay. Um, the that particular video actually it, it, it's not the it's probably not probably the best story ever but it, it probably is a good uh indication of how we try to how, how we try to do things is um it was the director's idea don tyler um and it was actually the i the actual video idea we we always like um any, as much being done in front of the camera as possible and and especially when video, when videos can be like one shot kind of things where it's you know it like flows together we just really like that um and when I mentioned that to him, he said, he told me, you know, he's like, oh, I, you know, since I started making videos, I wanted to make, I wanted, I wanted to make a video where we rented, 
you know, like a hundred mannequins and just did something with like, with just tons of mannequins. And we start, and, and I said, well, you know, if you've always wanted to do that video, like, and, and it's obviously an idea that he was passionate about. It was like, well, I want to be the band that makes that video since it's, you know, his like idea he's never forgotten to do that he always wanted to. Um, so we, we sort of started thinking in that direction. And as soon as we, we, you know, we had this very elaborate, Thing, you know, like, oh, yeah, we'll rent, you know, 100 mannequins and do all this crazy stuff. And then we found out that renting mannequins is extremely expensive, <laughs> like really, really expensive, uh, like hundreds of dollars, I think, for a day or something. Um, so we couldn't, you know, we couldn't get 100 mannequins. So we got, I think, like five. And uh, FedEx lost two of them in the mail. <laughs> so we had to make the whole video. We had to, like, run the mannequins around. Um, up and down the street to uh, make the video look like there were more mannequins than like just three. So, <laughs> so it was kind of like a, and he was very tense that day because he had planned this entire. We had like you know five hours I think to to get it right. How did and, um, uh, did you guys have to block block off the street that you were working on for that or is that? Yeah, we we did. That was that was cool. Yeah, we woke up in the hotel and came down and walked down the street and there was. As soon as we walked out the door, there was, like, a policeman putting up, like, barricades <laughs> and guarding the streets so nobody drove down it. We felt like big shots. <laughs> That's cool. Um, well, what what can people, uh, listeners, expect to hear from the band in the future? I mean, are you, are you guys, I know you're playing here in town next week, but will you be on tour? Uh, I know you just released Ollie Oxen Free, but are there any new releases coming out? Um, what's the future hold? Um, there's definitely some new non-album music that people will be hearing um, in the near future that I can't say right now exactly how, um, but there's at least, there's a little bit that's already just done, re- you know, recorded and done and ready. Um, and I have a, I'm, I've, I do solo music as well, and I, I'm putting out my second EP for free um, this month. I believe it's I believe it's going to come out this month. So it's kind of a, a sort of thank you to everybody that listens to Mason Proper, just a, a free thing that I did. And um, and uh, yeah, and I think uh, next year we'll you know we have lots of ideas and we're ready to uh, you know as soon as possible we want to make another album and just keep making more and more albums. That's that's our favorite part, you know, it's the creative yeah. process. So. Um, only so, yeah. Other- the only other question I had, my last question that I forgot to ask, it should have been my first, is uh, what's where's the name Mason Proper come from? <laughs> we used to be all, we used to be really um, kind of vague about it and mysterious about it, but um, you know because we expect that we expected that it would come out eventually, that somebody would know what it was and, and say like, oh, it's just this, but no one ever did that. So now we just tell people it's it's actually a really really obscure reference to Freemasonry because we were kind of into the whole like secret society stuff just kind of fascinated with that world um none of us are, are actually are Masons but um that's uh that's, that's what it's a reference to it's in the, one of the Freemason manuals or something like that cool well thank you for uh getting on the phone with me tonight I appreciate it and, yeah no uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me uh Mason Proper will be playing at Locals Only on December 19th next Friday um so if uh, you're listening to this episode before then, uh, be sure to check it out. And if you live in Indianapolis, um, if you're listening to this after that, then uh, 
check out Mason Proper when you can, wherever you are, whenever it is. Um, so we'll leave leave you with Mason Proper's uh, lock and key. Thanks for listening. Cool. Thanks, John. For- Yeah.